I want you to imagine with me for a second. Imagine you're in the middle of a desert. You've got no water, no food, and no one around for miles. You're famished, tired, and just worn out. Your stomach pains of hunger. Now, for some reason, you find a bag of Cheetos. Yes, a sealed bag of Cheetos. And they're not expired. They're still good. What would you do? Well, you'd eat the whole bag of Cheetos, of course. It's the only sustenance you've had access to in days. You don't care that they're not your favorite or that they're high in sodium. You don't think about the artificial dyes or the artificial ingredients. You eat it because it's all you have. Now, picture you're out of the desert. It's another scenario. You're actually at a restaurant. Maybe you're with a significant other or a friend or a family member. You sit down, you're excited for the meal, you're pretty hungry, and the server hands you a small piece of paper. It's the menu and you're confused why it's so small. You look down and realize that the only thing on the menu is a bag of Cheetos. Now my Cheetos loving people here might be excited. I know my toddler will be over the moon, but you soon realize that a bag of Cheetos alone cannot be a whole meal. It's not enough to sustain you. It makes an okay side to a main course, but Cheetos alone is not a meal. This is not a dig on Cheetos. I hope you hear that. I'm not unfamiliar with eating a whole bag of chips in one setting. Personally for me, sweet spicy chili Doritos are my jam. I've many a nights I've finished off a whole bag by myself. No, no, this isn't me bashing on Cheetos or even me bashing on people eating a whole bag in one sitting. What this is, is realizing that what we prize as the main course might be best as a side. Okay, Risa, what are you talking about? What I'm talking about is Google Translate or any translation tool we use in our classrooms. Using Google Translate alone is better than no support for English learners in your classroom. Just like that bag of cheese in the desert. I'd rather you have Google Translate than nothing. But if that's all you use, if that is your whole Cheeto meal, your students will feel hungry for more. On today's episode, we're going to look at why we can't rely solely on Google Translate or other translation tools and look at other instructional strategies that we can add to our toolbox or to our menu. It should be a good one. So let's get started. Hey, teacher friend, you have English learners in your classroom. And if you're like thousands of other teachers, you feel overwhelmed with meeting their academic, social and emotional needs. Maybe you've had a PD here or there, but you've never really been given the tools that you deserve. Welcome to the Every Teacher Podcast. I'm your host, Risa Woods, and I want to help you find your classroom confidence. I'm an ELL teacher turned educational consultant, and I've created this podcast to give you simple strategies and small shifts to get you on your way. Whether you're an administrator, instructional coach, educator, or you hold a support role, each episode is designed to empower you to see that every teacher can meet the needs of English learners, not just the specialists. If you're an ambitious educator ready to transform your teaching, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Translation tools have honestly been a godsend for many people all over the world. There are a few reasons for this. For one, it's quick and convenient. For example, I can know the Arabic word for tree in seconds. And if you're curious, it's shajar. Another reason is that it's extremely accessible. We can access these translation tools right from our pocket, just like I just demonstrated. 
I have it on my phone. No longer will we have to travel from country to country with a bilingual dictionary in our pocket, struggling to make sense of the words. Translation tools are also extremely time-saving, especially with tools like the Translation Canva. You can translate whole worksheets in minutes in different languages. It's amazing how far we've come with translation tools. And while these translation tools can be useful and helpful, they should not be relied on to solely meet the needs of English learners in our classroom. Today, I'm going to give you five reasons why we can't rely on Google Translate or translation tools alone. And if you stick around, I'll give you a few instructional strategies to add to your tool belt instead. So let's dive in. The first one, accuracy. Google Translate or other translation tools are not always accurate, especially when it comes to idiomatic expressions, colloquialisms, and complex sentence structures. Relying solely on Google Translate could lead to confusion or misunderstanding for English learners, which could ultimately hinder their language development. It will never, ever replace the accuracy that a human translator has. If you've ever used Google Translate, you probably know what I'm talking about, but there are lots of funny memes online where people have tried to translate different sayings in English. For example, if I have any Jay-Z fans on here, he had a song you might know called Dirt Off Your Shoulders. If you don't know the song, well, I pity you because I'm a pretty big Jay-Z fan, but it means to not let negativity weigh you down or not to let people who are jealous of your success bother you. Get that dirt off your shoulder. And I also realize how white I sound by saying it on the podcast. Anyway, back to Google Translate. So someone put it into Google Translate for Urdu and then translated it back. And it came out literally, get that S word off your shoulders. You can try it yourself to see. Imagine an Urdu speaker listening to that song and translating the lyrics only to be really confused as to why someone has poop on their shoulders and why someone would need to tell them to wipe it off. Isn't that pretty obvious that you should wipe poop off your shoulders? This is a funny example, but it demonstrates just how inaccurate Google can be, especially that it doesn't pick up on cultural nuances or different idioms or slang. It is artificial intelligence and it will never be able to pick up on cultural nuances. Number two, limited vocabulary. This is one I don't come across as much, but it does happen that Google Translate or other translation tools have limited vocabulary. They are machines, and they may not be able to translate all words, phrases, or technical terms accurately. Again, particularly with new language, language is always evolving, and sometimes translation tools don't keep up with that. Number three, your student may not know the academic vocabulary you are using. Just because a student is fluent in their home language, in social language, doesn't mean they know those academic vocabulary words. So translating them in, from one language to another may not even be helpful. For example, if you're in science class and you're using, you're teaching students between abiotic and biotic factors, if you translate those factores abioticos, your student might have zero idea what you are talking about, even though it's in Spanish in their home language, if they don't have the academic background or the academic knowledge to access that language. 
it would be just like here when you're teaching biotic and abiotic factors and those students don't know the words. So only translating the word is actually not giving the students the support that they need. A fourth reason why not to rely on Google Translate is that your student's language may not even be found in Google Translate or any other translation tool. I say hi or Microsoft Translator, especially for indigenous languages. For example, I was coaching a teacher whose student was from Burma. Her people group spoke Falam Chin. This is not a language that we could find on any translation tool. So if we were to rely solely on Google Translate, that student would have no supports in the classroom. Zero. We have to have other instructional strategies. And lastly, the biggest reason I think why we shouldn't rely solely on Google Translate or any other translation tool is that your student might not even be literate in their home language. I know there are parts of the translation tools that will speak out loud the language, which is helpful, but if you're translating materials like handouts, worksheets, something to take home for the parents or Google Slides, and if you're translating them into that language that the student speaks, you have to make sure they're literate in their home language. Many students are not. It really depends on the academic background of the student. If they've received literacy instruction in their home language, some students have not. Particularly if the student was born here and has never been in a bilingual school, or if the student possibly was a refugee or evacuee, they might not have the background knowledge or, or those skills to be able to be literate or at least literate enough to access your documents in their home language. We have to remember there are four domains of language, reading, writing, listening, and speaking. So even if a student is fluent, for example, in Spanish, they can, they can speak in Spanish, they can listen in Spanish, that is their first language, their home language. If they don't have reading or writing skills, they won't be able to access the documents that you're translating. I just want to reiterate, I'm not saying to never use translation tools or apps in the classroom. I do. I think they're helpful. What I am saying is that while Google Translate or other translation tools can be useful, it should not be relied on solely to meet the needs of English learners in the classroom. And we addressed the five reasons why. So, Risa, you keep talking about instructional strategies we need. So if I'm not going to rely on Google Translate or say hi, what should I rely on instead? Well, we need to make content comprehensible, which means we want to teach in a way that no matter what a student's English abilities are, they can still access the material. The easiest strategy I can give you today, if you haven't done this already, is start using visual aids. Every lesson you have, every worksheet, every handout, every Google slide, all of them, they should have visual aids on them. It could be a picture, it could be a video, a diagram. You could act something out in class. You could even bring in real life substances or do experiments in the classroom to demonstrate and to show visual aids. Going back to our biotic and abiotic factors in that science class, I might have pictures of biotic factors and pictures of abiotic factors. So even if the student didn't know what biotic or abiotic factors means, they would see the visual representation of what that means. 
Perhaps I would even have a picture sort where students would sort pictures into abiotic and biotic factors. If I'm demonstrating a word problem in math, perhaps I would draw out the word problem, draw it out so that students could see what exactly what we are trying to solve. Perhaps if I was in a history class, I would show pictures or videos of World War II to show what we are talking about. Whatever the subject, you want to make the content comprehensible by adding visual aids. And maybe you're saying, Risa, I do use visual aids, but I want you to take an honest assessment. How often do you use visual aids? Is it every lesson, every class period? I want you to take an honest assessment of how often you use visual aids in your classroom to make the content comprehensible. Perhaps you have visual aids in your slide deck, but you have no visual aids when it comes to your worksheets or handouts. Today, you can start by implementing visual aids in your handouts even. Visual aids are essential to make sure that we are making our content comprehensible for English learners of varying abilities. For more easy strategies, you can download my free guide, Five No Prep Power Moves to Meet the Needs of the English Learners in Your Classroom. I'll provide the link in my show notes. It will get you started on your journey to meeting your students' needs, all while saving you time and energy. I hope this was a helpful episode. Google Translate, Say Hi, Microsoft Translator, and other translation tools, they're great, but it's time to put these tools in their rightful place. They are helpful, but we need more tools in our tool belt. The English learners in our mainstream classrooms are depending on it. See you next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed this message, make sure to subscribe to the Every Teacher podcast and leave a review. New episodes will be here every Wednesday. You can connect with me further on Instagram at risawoods underscore ELL. That's R-I-S-A-W-O-O-D-S underscore E-L-L. -L. You can DM me any questions you have there. I'll see you next time.